If you're thinking about jumping into van life, you might be wondering about custom van builders. A custom van builder works with you on design and layout and produces the van of your dreams, right? However, sometimes this entire process can go horribly wrong. It happened to outdoor and van life blogger Kristen Bohr of Barefoot Theory. She's joining us on the podcast today to tell us about her first nightmare van build experience and what she did right the second time around. Let's go. Welcome to the Wayward Home Podcast, all about van life, boat life, and nomadic living. We'll bring you tips, interviews, and stories from the road and on the water. Now, here's your host, Kristen Haynes. Hey there, I'm Kristen Haynes with thewaywardhome.com, and my partner Tom and I live half the year in our camper van and half on our sailboat in Mexico. We've been living tiny since 2016 and hope to inspire you to try something different too. So choosing a camper van conversion company can be challenging. How do you know if the company is reputable? Will you share the same vision? How quickly will your van be finished? Today's guest is Kristen Bohr from Barefoot Theory. Kristen got her first custom-built camper van in 2016 and has since worked on a builder on two additional vans. So has some great tips and advice. So Kristen, thanks so much for joining. Yeah, thanks so much, Kristen, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so first of all, I just want to go back in time and talk about your first van, and why you took the leap into van life in the beginning. Sure. So I started, I I run the blog Barefoot Theory, which I started in 2014. Um, I quit my job to start this outdoor-focused travel blog. And in 2015, I found myself wanting to spend more time on the road, but I didn't really have the ability to work from my vehicle. I was traveling in a Subaru, and one of my friends had said that like, oh, I just got a Sprinter van and it's really amazing. And I started looking into them and I thought, oh, that's exactly what I needed. And I was traveling alone at the time. And so I wanted something that was going to help me feel safe. And I was traveling by myself and camping and um, and then also give me the ability to work remotely. So that's kind of how I ended up with with the Sprinter van back then. Yeah. And how did you decide on like a Sprinter van over the other kinds of vans? Um, what was that choice? Uh, well, I knew I wanted the four-wheel drive option, which at the time, the Sprinter was the only uh, name in the game, game in town. <laughs> um, so that's how I ended up with the Sprinter. I didn't actually um, really even consider the others because I knew I wanted something that was going to be able to get me off-road. Yeah. And so once you decided on the van, how did you start that process of finding that first builder to work on your van? Yeah, so... Um, Gosh, I, you know, at the time there just, there weren't as many options. Now, I mean, there's just so many. The internet is like flooded with van conversion companies and social media. But at the time, there really weren't as many. And I considered uh, first working with Sportsmobile, which I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of. Um, and I went and checked out their facility and they make really nice vans, but I wanted something that felt a little bit more homey. They had like, not as many options. I think it's also changed for them a lot now. Like they have a lot more options if you're getting a van from Sportsmobile. But at the time it was kind of like, well, these are the colors. These are the um, like materials. And I wanted something that felt more homey and just like more like what I would want my house to look like. So I wanted like a little tiny house on wheels. And so I went back to the drawing board and I started searching mostly on social media. And that's kind of where I was focusing my search at the time. And then, so this was this company, it was based in California. Is that, is that right? Yeah. yeah and, so I found, I found a company in Santa Barbara that um, built 
seemingly beautiful vans based on the photos I saw on Instagram and you know, reclaimed barn wood, tile, which in hindsight, I've now learned that those aren't necessarily the best like materials to use in a van build, especially if you want to go off-roading, uh, which was my goal. But, um, you know, they were, they were really pretty looking and very photogenic vans. And so um, I reached out to him and that's, he's who I ended up hiring to, to do my van build, basically based on, you know, some photos I saw online. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think what I read from some of your blog posts is, you know, you worked with them on a design that maybe didn't turn out to be quite right in the end. But what was like the process of like working with them? And like, how would that how would you do that differently, I guess, in the in the future? How did did you do it differently with your next <laughs> <Manville> company? <laughs> Yes. So basically everything different because the experience ended up being awful. Um, And I hear so many horror stories from people and I just feel for people when they get taken advantage of or, you know, end up working with someone who doesn't really know what they're doing. Because I'm like, oh, I've been there. And it's just such an awful feeling to know that you hired the wrong person when things start to go wrong. So um, basically, like I went out to Santa Barbara. I met with him. Like, we didn't meet at his shop, which I thought was a little bit weird. We met at a coffee shop. And I'm thinking, like, well, why wouldn't you take me to your facility to, like, show me the vans that you're working on? But, um, you know, again, I was wooed by by these pretty photos. And he, you know, was a decent enough salesman. But, um, you know, there were a few a few red flags. Like, oh, not really being able to quantify, like, how many vans he's worked on and, you know, kind of what the timeline was going to be. And But I just, again, there weren't tons of options at the time. And I think I had gotten so stuck on, like, the aesthetics of the van that I wanted that I just sort of put blinders on. And I went forward with him. So we signed a contract. The contract was not very detailed, which, you know, I've since learned like that that was not that was not good and acceptable. You know, it didn't really have like a delivery date. It didn't have um, like a warranty in place. Um, I'm sure there were other things that were missing from the contract that I can't even think of at the time. But um so basically, like I, I, he got the van and we didn't even really like agree on a layout beforehand, which was also, you know, it's kind of weird. I think, you know, when you're hiring someone to build your van, you decide on the layout. You're not making those decisions. Like, where is the batteries going to go? Where's the water tanks going to go? Like all of that should be decided like before you start the process. And even Maybe not before you sign the contract, because, you know, you make some of those decisions like once you once you are like in that process, but definitely before the like the manual labor starts. And so um, we didn't really like decide on a layout. So, you know, we're kind of, he's like kind of gathering some materials and like we're constantly making changes to the layout because I, I honestly didn't know what I wanted at the time. Um, you know, I was new to this like whole van life thing and you know i was changing my mind a lot which i would definitely advise people to have like a more solid plan of what you want before you hire somebody to build out your van but um yeah so like i decided i wanted a full bathroom in the van well he'd never built a full bathroom in a van before which i did not know 
um, didn't know that until I was like actually picking the van up and he admitted that to me. And, um, but like, I think part of the job of a van builder whose experience should be to like steer you in a right direction. Okay. Well, you know, you want X, Y, and Z. Well, if you want a full bathroom, X, Y, and Z are not going to happen because this is what's going to happen. This is where you're going to have to put your water tanks or this is where we're going to have to put the water heater. So there's a lot of like that kind of thing going on, but like him not really telling me like, oh, okay, like you want to shower. Well, then we're going to have to put a water tank outside and you live in Utah in the winter and a water tank outside is going to freeze and be unusable. Again, I blame myself partly for not educating myself beforehand. And that's part of why I've written so extensively on my website about van life, because I want to help people avoid, you know, these mistakes that I made the first time around by, you know, getting educated, knowing exactly what you want. And then also like, making sure you pick someone who knows what they're doing. So anyways, the uh, sort of fast forward, um, there was also like lots of um, miscommunication about like when the van was going to be done. You know, he's telling me, oh, it's going to be done next week. So I buy a plane ticket to go down there to pick it up and I get there and it's like in shambles. It's not going to be done for like, it ended up being six more weeks and like, Every day, it was like, oh, yeah, it'll be done tomorrow. It'll be done tomorrow. And it just kind of like pulling me along. And, you know, it's just very unprofessional. And um, so. And then when the van was finally done, things were falling apart, like literally the day I left his shop. Like that night, the shower handle fell off on my drive home, like my two hour drive that night. Um, the first time I took a shower, the water leaked all over the van because the shower pan wasn't sealed. Um, my solar panels stopped working like on my first big trip in the van. And, um, so there were just a lot of things that went wrong. And then I ended up spending so much time fixing those things and money as well beyond what I had originally budgeted for this van build. So it just really felt like a disaster. It felt like a huge mistake. and you know, ultimately, like I still enjoyed my time that I did get to have fun with that van, but I knew that it was not the van for me. And so once I was able to fix everything, I decided I need need to sell this van and start over. I decided I wanted a completely different layout, no shower, platform bed. You know, I really wanted to, I, I learned a lot from about what I wanted with that first van. And so I decided to go back to the drawing board. But, you know, in that process, working with this guy, I just learned so much about what to do and what not to do when you're trying to figure out who you're going to hire, especially now that there's like, like I said, you know, hundreds of companies. And, you know, a lot of these guys are probably learning on YouTube as they're building your van. They're learning how to build your van based on someone's YouTube videos that they're watching. So, you know, I think that there's that, that that's an issue when people are charging you top dollar for your van. So I just want to make sure that people don't like fall in, in, into that trap like I did. Oh, that's so hard to know. Like you said, even now there's just du- like these van companies are popping up all the time. And it's like, how do you know, like who's doing a good job or, you know, who these people are? Like, what tips would you have for people that are researching and trying to figure this out? <laughs> it seems so challenging. Yeah, well, I think. Uh, you know, the first step, like I said, is to get educated because 
the more educated you are, the more you're going to be able to tell whether someone is embellishing their knowledge or not. So if you go online, you read about water systems, you read about solar, you know what kind of batteries or at least like how much battery power you want. You have an idea of the layout you want. And then you go talk to them and it seems like maybe you know maybe more or, you know, have some different understanding of things than they do, then, you know, that's something to consider because someone you're hiring should be able to steer you in the right direction versus like feeling like you have to come in and tell them like everything. And um when I think it just yeah helps you kind of weigh how much they really know. So yeah, getting educated first, I think is like the the very first tip. Um obviously how much experience they have is really important. I you know, there are new builders who are talented. So I don't want to say that like, oh, just because you've never built a you know, a custom professional van before doesn't mean that you can't. But have you lived or traveled in a van yourself? Have you built your own van? You know, I think that's how a lot of people do get started. But like this guy that I hired, he had never even traveled in a van. Like, well, like that should have been a red flag, like right off the bat. Like he never even built a van for himself. So why would I think that he would have known how to build a van for me? His building experience was based on furniture, which is very different building furniture in a house versus like in a moving vehicle on wheels, you know, different materials, different, you know, the way that they secure things to the walls at all different. So, you know, if someone's saying, oh, I'm experienced because I build furniture, that is not good. <laughs> yeah, um, so true. I mean, maybe if they have experience building boats or trailers or some other vehicle or like, uh, you know, moving thing on wheels that, uh, you know, where the walls are vibrating and that kind of thing. Yeah. But furniture is not not good. Like furniture experience doesn't cut it really when it comes to like building, building a van. Um, you know, so you want to know how much how much experience they have and. You know, if they don't have tons of experience, well, like what qualifies them? I mean, you really need to dig in and and ask lots of questions and, you know, trust your gut instinct as well. Like I said, I, there were red flags for this guy and I just sort of said, oh, well, but it's, but it looks nice. So it must be good. But, you know, now luckily there's so many more. So if, you know, more options. So if the person that you're interviewing, like, something's not right well then run away and find somebody else because there's so many more people doing this now um so i think that's kind of where i would start at least with you know trying to suss somebody out yeah very true it is like a long interview process trying to figure out like hiring someone for a job it's like you're hiring them so it's good like you said to ask them questions and I wonder if it's often possible to see what they've done in the past. Because you were saying with the first van build, you couldn't even see his warehouse. Like, is that something you'd recommend is like ask for a tour of other vans or their warehouse? Definitely. Um, yeah. So if there have vans in the build process, I mean, even better if you can kind of see what they're doing with the wiring behind the walls and like how clean does the wiring look? How are they attaching the cabinets to the walls of the van? You know, all that is like really helpful to see like a van in the process. 
Um, I think also asking for references and making sure that those references aren't just like a family member or a best friend who's like obviously going to give them, you know, a good a good recommendation. Um, so for my second and my third van build, I um, worked with Outside Van. They're based in Portland, Oregon, and I kind of went from one extreme to the other. Like this guy who I worked with before had zero experience, and Outside Van is like one of the like best companies in the van conversion space um, with the most experience. So when I was deciding who to hire them for the second band, I knew I wanted someone with a lot more experience who could stand behind their work. And so I went out to their facility and I saw the bands and I said, oh, wow, this is like such a different experience than what I got with the first guy. And so I think seeing the work in person is definitely helpful if you can do that. Like the pictures don't always show the whole picture. You know, when you when you go in person, you can see kind of like how clean is the cabinetry? Like, you know, how do, does everything line up? Do the drawers close smooth? You know, just and like where are all the systems and how like are they easy to operate? You know, and a lot of times you can't necessarily see that in the picture. But if you can see a man in person, you're going to get a much better idea. Right. So when you first um, started working with Outside Van, was that experience really different than the first guy? Like, did they help walk you through layout ideas? And was that just a better, more professional experience with them? Uh, definitely. So um, the way they they work um, is basically, you know, once you decide that you're going to hire them, you go through this like whole design process. You get a dedicated designer who's going to work with you on like literally every inch of the van and you get like a 3d sort of or computer rendering of like what the space is going to look like i even went there and like we taped out the floor of the van because we were doing a layout that that was sort of new to them and so we wanted to make sure that it was actually going to work and so they really like were able to go through that whole process with me and it was just so helpful and another big difference was once we finalized the layout i got like an itemized invoice of every single line item in the van every light switch every you know foot of cabinetry every battery um and with the first guy, I didn't get anything like that. I just got like a top line number, like, oh, this is how much it's going to cost. And then actually, like, he was asking me for more money, like, oh, like, you know, this actually costs more than we thought. Like, can you send me, you know, another 10 grand or however much it was? And it's kind of like, whoa, like, that's not cool. And so I really appreciated with Outside Man how I got like this, you know, this like itemized invoice. So I knew exactly what every single component cost. And that's also helpful because when you are coming up with your budget for your van, if you're like, mm, maybe I don't need that awning or maybe I don't need that sidestep because I want to, you know, I need to like cut the cost of the van a little bit here or there. And so doing it that way really allows you to see like okay what what are my priorities in terms of like what what i'm spending my money on Hmm. that is amazing they gave you the line options like that and you can choose to delete things i didn't know that that was possible so that seems amazing (laughs) and did they provide like a warranty like you were saying the first guy like there was like no warranty involved is there one on the outside van yeah so with the first guy i was up in um 
Olympic National Park. And all of a sudden, I noticed like my freezer, like uh, my freezer had defrosted and there was water like all over the floor from the ice in the freezer. And I was like, that's so weird. And so as it like turns out, my solar panels were not charging. And I also, he didn't hook up my batteries to my alternator, which I think is pretty standard practice now because the alternator can charge your batteries so much more quickly than solar. And it's also a nice backup if it's cloudy or it's winter or whatever. So, um, so anyways, my solar panels weren't working and uh, my partner, Ryan, he's type one diabetic and we had his insulin in the fridge, like the insulin's like getting warm, like nothing in my fridge is cold. And, you know, I was like in sort of a panic because it was like the first trip we'd ever taken. We like didn't have any service and he didn't give me any manuals for the van for like any of the parts. Not that probably would have been helpful anyways. But um, so we had to drive into um, into Port Angeles or wherever we were. And um, I called him and he like literally had no idea how to help me. And his only option for helping me was for me to drive my van all the way down to Santa Barbara and he would take a look at it. Well, at that point, I had decided that this guy was just a crony and, you know, I didn't want anything to do with him. And it really like he wasn't really providing any sort of warranty or assistance. And it was clear that he didn't like if he wired it wrong in the first place, why would I trust him to fix it? And I ended up going to like an RV shop in Port Angeles and they said that they, he had used like completely the wrong type of wire uh, to like wire up my solar panels. And so they they got them working again, but I ended up having to replace like the whole system, which, you know, he did not help me with. And um, so having a warranty was like really important for me as I went into my second van build. So um, outside van offered a three-year or 36,000-mile warranty where they just fixed, you know, I mean, I, I really didn't have anything, like, major happen with my second van, um, and I'm still under the warranty with my third van. And, um, but, yeah, they just, like, they just take care of it, and that's what, like, a professional company should do. What, you know, outside van or anybody else, you know, if you're spending top dollar on a van and something breaks within, you know, a year or however long the warranty may cover like they should they should take care of it and you know sometimes that means you know if you're in new york and your conversion company is in california like you shouldn't be expected to drive your van across the country because you know something's not working right so in that case you know you can ask well what happens in that case are you going to help me find a company nearby that can fix it or are you going to cover the cost if you know, I do have to go get somebody else local to work on this or can they send me a part so I can fix it myself and, you know, do like outside band has like a full warranty like department that, you know, will help you. So when things go wrong, it's like one person that you call and they, you know, he helps you. So um, I don't mean to keep referring back to them because there are other, you know, big players in this band conversion, you know, space that I'm sure are comparable. That's just who my experience is with. And it's like shown me about, hey, this is again like what a professional van conversion company can and should do. And I think that that's sort of the difference between again, I don't want to knock the small guys because I, you know, or girls, uh, <laughs> you know, who are building vans. Um but 
a bigger company is just going to have more capacity and like capital to help you fix your van when things go wrong. Where someone who's new and starting out, they might not have, you know, the excess funds to just like replace your batteries or, you know, something in, in the case that, that something breaks. So I think that's just something to keep in mind. You know, if you are going to work with a smaller company, like these are important questions that you have to ask. Right. Because you're really burned on that first guy that you had to put so yes. much additional money toward things that were breaking. I mean, that sounds like a nightmare. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Were your like cabinets, fall, were, were things like falling, coming loose as you drove down four by four roads with that van? Uh, well, I didn't really get to drive off on many four by four roads because I was so scared of things breaking. But like, yeah, the drawers like stopped work, you know, like the like the push buttons that, you know, people used to like keep their drawers put in. I know they fail. It's not like it's, you know, even in a really well-built van, sometimes those buttons, you know, things just get misaligned. But I mean, none of them were working. And um, like a lot of the, because the wood he used wasn't like, I don't think it was, it was just like reclaimed wood. It wasn't like sealed, which with like temperature swings, if you're going from snow to like a hot, you know, hot summer climate like the wood is going to warp over time and so um you know just like looking at the materials that these companies use as well like again like if your like tile has become kind of like a popular material in some of these more like instagram worthy pinterest worthy vans but you know if you want to drive off road and you want to go up mountain passes like dirt road mountain passes with your van, like those materials probably aren't the best choice. And so someone who, you know, when you're interviewing a company, like they should ask you what you want to use your van for and then be able to steer you in the right direction as far as like what are like the best materials for the purpose that you want to use your van for. Yeah, that's very true. I have seen a lot of those vans you're talking about that look almost like a house or an apartment on the inside with the fancy materials. And I'm like, that's just going to jostle free going off-roading if that's, but maybe people don't want to do that. Like you're, maybe people just want to go to campgrounds and not do off-roading, but me and you love boondocking and getting into nature. So we need that stuff to be sealed down and the suspension and everything. So yeah, it depends on what you're using the van for, I guess, too. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. <laughs> so good. So your experience with outside van was so good. You had your third van uh, built with them also to accommodate the newest member of your family, right? Yes, yes. I had a, a son uh, back in February. And so now it's three of us plus two dogs. And my second van only had two seatbelts. So we had to sell that one, um, which I love that van so much. Um, but yeah, I had to sell that to accommodate a third uh, seatbelt. Yeah, for sure. And earlier, we touched on it very briefly that you decided to change some of your layout um, after that first van. And you know, so many people ask me and probably you, like, why don't you have a bathroom in your van? <laughs> I get asked that all the time. And you had a bathroom in your van. So you've done both. I've never had one yes. in my van. So I can't, I don't know what it's like. But yeah, what was, what made you decide on some of these layout changes after that first van? Sure. So the first van um, was like when you open the slider door, there was like a convertible sofa against the wall behind the driver's seat. That was like sort of my work area, but then it pulled out into a bed. 
And then behind the bed was the galley. And then on the passenger side in the back was the full shower, bathroom, and um, some storage space. And what I learned when I was traveling by myself in that van, it was fine because I could just sleep on the sofa as is. Like I didn't have to pull it out and make it. But I didn't like the convertible bed idea in general. I found it annoying to have to like find somewhere to store my bedding every day. Um, if like when Ryan, my partner and I were traveling together, um, if I wanted to get up early and work while he was still asleep, I couldn't do that. I actually couldn't do anything because the bed took up like the whole front half of the van. And so I couldn't really even like yeah, get up to like, I mean, I, I function in the kitchen a little bit, but then I'd have nowhere to sit. And I was like climbing, you know, over the bed to get from one side of the van to the, to the other. And then, yeah, the full bathroom ended up just being such a waste of space for me. Um, it was like an expensive closet, basically. Um, and I guess with the, with the shower, um, my thought is, is, you know, with this, Unless you have a dually and you can carry like a lot more water, you know, most vans are only carrying 20, 25 gallons max. And so the shower that you can take with that water is very quick, you know, kind of military style where you're like rinsing yourself, turning off the water, lathering up, rinsing, turning off the water. You're not like standing under a nice hot shower, like really enjoying yourself and the space is so small that like you know i'm i'm only five foot five but it's not you know i still felt cramped in there like and so like try to like shave my legs or something you know (laughs) (laughs) like bend over in there (laughs) um anyway sorry to to paint, paint that picture but you know it was just it's a small space and i you know i imagine for you know, someone bigger like my partner, Ryan, or like a larger man, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. And um, there's just so many places on the road that you can shower. Uh, we like to shower at recreation centers. Those are kind of my favorite because they tend to be really clean. And um, sometimes you can even use the pool and the hot tub and sauna or whatever if they have that. So, you know, that's one one good option, you know, Every now and then we'll stay at like a paid campground that has a shower. Um, so that's an option, like visiting family and friends. I've never showered at like a truck stop, but that's an option. Um, so there's so many different places that you can shower. It just felt like such a, like I, I could get actually get an Airbnb like many, many times throughout the year. And it still wouldn't be as expensive as, as it costs to like build a shower in my van. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so that, that was kind of that. And then, um, so I kind of went from the extreme of having like the shower and I had like a cassette toilet to having no shower and no cassette toilet. Um, and just using like a pee jar, pee bottle to go to the bathroom for number one. And then using like public facilities for number two. But then COVID happened and it was like, oh, maybe it would be nice to have like not be so reliant on public facilities. So now we have a like a wag bag toilet, which um, the one we use is made by Go Anywhere. It's like a little foldable, almost like a little foldable briefcase. And the legs like pop out and then you just put a wag bag in and 
it's really simple and easy to use. And then when you're not using it, it stores away and it doesn't take up any space. And then we still use jars for going pee. Um, so, yep. um, and that's what's worked for us now that I have a, a baby. And like, once he becomes a party training age, I don't really know what we'll do. You know, we're just going to have to kind of figure it out. Um, I would like to test out, like, there's just like more new composting toilets coming on the market. So I'd be open to to doing something like that in the van I have now, or maybe a future van. Um, but yeah, that's my thought for the toilet. <laughs> this is totally digressing from our original conversation, but everyone always asks about toilets, but I tried a composting toilet and it like really grossed me out. It was like, it wasn't big enough for two people to use every day. Like mm-hmm. I think it'd be fine for people to use in an emergency or like once a week or once a month, but we tried using it every day for a week and, it did not work at all. It was like the grossest experience of my life. And I'm like, I'm never. <laughs> I think like definitely for, you know, having a once in a while emergency toilet in the van, you know, like your go anywhere chair, which my dad also uses. He loves that thing. He digs a hole in the earth and puts it over that. But we could do a whole episode on toilets. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's interesting that you didn't put one in your other vans. And like, did you put anything else in there that use that space that you just found was a better better living area oh definitely yeah so um i'm all about the platform bed now um i think i just like having storage storage under the under the bed for like all of my outdoor gear like we travel with you know uh, backpacking gear sometimes sometimes we have pack rafting gear we've had stand-up paddle boards we kind of swap things out based on like where we're going um or like you know, up until this year was the least amount of time I've spent in my van. But up until this year, we were spending, you know, anywhere from about eight or nine months a year in our van. And then we were coming back home to Utah this year because of my baby. We spent a lot more time at home and lost time on the road. But, you know, when we're going to be gone for eight or nine months, like we have a lot of different gear we want to bring because we don't know where the road is going to take us. And you know, what kind of outdoor adventures we might be having. So, you know, we had bikes, backpacking gear, paddle boards, just all kinds of stuff that really a convertible bed, you lose all of that storage space. You know, you gain some living space because you have a nice dinette that, you know, you can sit at and eat at and work at, but, you know, you lose all the storage for all the gear and whatnot. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, I switched from a gas stove in my first van to induction, which is way better. <laughs> um, and, um, and even in my second van, I was able to have the platform bed and still accommodate like a small dinette for working. So since I work from the road, you know, when we're in our van, I, I have stuff I have to get done. And so, um, I really like that in my second van, I had like a dedicated dinette working area in addition to the bed so um i didn't have to like set up my workspace and take it down when i was done now in my third band because of the the third seat belt chair um i don't have like a dedicated workspace anymore which has definitely been a little bit harder and um you know my homes work outside or it's hard, hard to work with the baby anyways in the van which i could we could do a whole episode on that as well but um <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, the platform bed is probably like the biggest change. And I definitely feel like it's, um, I just like being able to like, 
if we're driving, we've driven across the country several times and um, just stayed in rest areas, like because we're just trying to get to New York, where my partner Ryan's from. And, you know, just being able to drive until we're tired and then like get in the bed and go to bed versus like, oh, I've got to get off the sheets and the pillows and like make the bed and go through that whole process. Um, I just, I just love being able to just hop back there and like not having it be like a big process. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. We also have the platform bed and too much outdoor gear to even talk about. It's ridiculous. But these are our outdoor haulers. That's, you know, I call them gear haulers. <laughs> so they help us get into nature. So that's what's important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I'm, I mean, everybody's has band life for a different reason, you know, but for me, I started band life because I wanted easy access to the outdoors and to nature and to be able to camp in places that I wouldn't have been able to camp otherwise and to like be able to travel long term in my vehicle without feeling like too cramped, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really wonderful thing to have a sprinter you can walk around in because we started in a Astro and that was way smaller minivan, which is convertible bed. But having these large vans with a full bed is just a wonderful experience. Oh, I'm very thankful yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It definitely feels like a, a just a, it's the a, a luxury, I think, to mm-hmm. to be able to travel in that way, and just the the freedom that you get from traveling in a van and the ability to be spontaneous. I just think that there's like no other form of travel that like provides those benefits this in the same way. Yeah, totally. It's your own tiny home, and if you work with the good builder, it'll be the right one with not stuff breaking constantly. So yeah, that was a pretty crazy story that you have. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard have you heard that from other people too, like with bad builders? Yeah, sadly I have. I mean, I think people read, you know, they come across my blog and they're like, I, I get a lot of emails from people that are like, Oh my gosh, like your story is like so familiar. I wish I had read your blog before I hired so and so. And um, yeah, it's just really unfortunate. But you know, I think the van life industry just has exploded and i think a lot of people have seen opportunity in creating businesses around serving the van life community and you know one type of those businesses is being a van builder and again i think people are like oh i build furniture i can build vans and um i think so i I do think it happens and and i think also like just with the cost, I think a lot of people, a lot of these like new builders kind of get in under their head because they don't realize how much it's actually going to cost to build a van, how much time it's going to take. And so, you know, you've given this person your money, but then they're like run out of money because they underestimated how much it was going to cost or the amount of time it was going to take them. And so then, you know, you're kind of left like with a van that's not done or you know, something that's just really subpar or just a person who's really difficult to work with. So I think, you know, you also need to make sure that like your personalities mesh, you know, that that you like them as as people because, you know, you're going to be in touch with them a lot during the process of building your van and, um, you know, have to work with them on like the layout and all that. So you just want to make sure that it's a person that you actually like might, might enjoy hanging out with, even if you will never actually hang out with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good tip because you are working with them for many months, you know, on your van and yeah, you want to like them. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. good to keep in mind. Yeah. Cool. So 
Yeah. Tell people more about your blog. I know I found you in, I don't know if you know this, but in 2015 when I was planning my John Muir trail hike. So you were like the top resort on, or the top results on Google and I read all your stuff and it helped me plan it. So that's how I found you, which is amazing. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Long time ago, been following you and your van build. So yeah, your blog is fantastic. So tell people about it, what they can find over there. Um, sure. Yeah. So I, my blog is called Barefoot Theory, but it's spelled bear like the animal because I have a grateful dead dancing bear tattoo on my foot. So that is where <laughs> the name comes from. Um, and I write about um, van life. I'll, I have like probably 70 different blog posts on my site of all aspects of, you know, choosing a van, having a van built out like all the decisions that you have to make and then just tips for living, traveling, working on the road. Um, I also hike. That's like my favorite activity when I'm on the roads. I have tons of hiking content, um, trail guides, tips, gear. Um, Same with backpacking and um, car camping and road tripping, lots of itineraries. So um, that's kind of what I do. And like I said, I spend normally a lot more time in my van. Hopefully I'll get back on the road soon once my baby's a little bit older but um yeah so that that's what i do and you can find me at barefoot theory on the internet and on the socials and on youtube yeah so awesome yeah we'll definitely link to all your stuff below so people can go click over there and find it and yeah if you i know you have some uh, van life specific email list so if you know what yeah add a link to that as well so people can come join your email list, you send out good stuff. I'm on it. So yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And then I'll also yeah. mention, um, I don't know what the feature holds for this, but I do put on an event called Open Roads Fest. Um, I've done it twice in McCall, Idaho. Um, last year we had like 450 people come in all different types of vehicles, vans, and even tent campers coming to learn about van life with workshops. We also have mountain biking and paddleboarding and yoga and live music and it's just amazing gathering um i don't know what i'm gonna do next summer um but just to put it on people's radar to keep an eye out in case i decide to announce any future dates um you can find that at openroadsfest.com very cool well yeah but also link to that so people can stay up to date but yeah thank you so much. Is there anything we missed on choosing a van build company? I know we talked about a lot of things. <laughs> no, I think that's it. I mean, if people can reach out to me if they have questions i mean i I hesitate to like ever recommend like specific builders just because like I, like a lot of people email me like, oh, do you know so and so and it's like i I can't say yes or no because I haven't traveled and lived in one of their vehicles, so it's really hard. I think the best thing that you can do is find somebody who's who built you know, who owns a van by the company that you're thinking about hiring and like really, really talk to them. I think also like a lot of the, um, you know, there's so many like industry events now, like the Overland Expo and the Adventure Van Expo, like a lot of the companies are there. So that's a great place to see lots of different van van builds in one place. And then you can kind of compare and contrast. I mean, I think the more built vans you see before you go into this process, you know, it helps you know what you want. And it also just like allows you to compare and contrast like quality from like the naked eye. Yeah, that's good. You mentioned that. I also wanted to mention that, too. So I'm glad there's all these events, Adventure Van and at the Overland Expo. I don't know if there's other ones, but it's a great place to tour vans. I've done that myself yeah. and it's fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of like and I think the the innovation is really neat. You know, people are coming out with like. Even you're kind of like, wow, like. 
you think every layout's been used by now, but sometimes you see see new things that you're like, wow, I would have never thought of that. And so it's kind of neat to see what some of these people are coming out with. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. You have so much good tips and advice. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay.